This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to another episode. I'm with my co-host, Rohan. Rohan, how are you doing, my man? Hey, man. Been a, been a crazy week with some personal stuff. Took some time off of the stream, but we're back because it's a Sunday and it's our first Sunday where we have real football to look ahead. And uh, 49ers, they're playing the Raiders here later today, and it's going to be a fun day, man, uh, looking at some real football. Hey, man, football officially back. Like, it's cool when it's, pre- and it's training camp and everything like that, but once you get to, to strap them up and you get to see your, your team hit other players from opposing teams, you get to trash talk, um, even though it's preseason, right? Like, you still – there's still a little trash talk, but you don't want to lose to the Raiders. Um, like, you never do, especially in the preseason. Uh, their fan base is a little wild. They'll treat the preseason game like it's a regular season Super Bowl. Or more, more like a Super Bowl than a regular season game. But So, never want to lose to the Raiders. Um, their fans are just obnoxious at times. But the biggest thing I'm most excited about is we finally get to see the 49ers in live action. No one else to report things. We get to see it with our own eyes. We don't have to um, hear from other people who are on the ground. So that is a much, much um, needed excitement. What are you looking for going into this preseason game, Rohan? I know it's a it's a quick one that Fortnite just got done playing them with the with that the joint practices for the last few days, a day off. So what are you expecting? Well, first of all, I got to take what Kyle Shanahan says at face value here and put stock into the joint practices, which we'll get to in a bit. I think that those were the two more valuable parts, and I'll explain why in a little later on as to why I think you should value what was in those joint practices. But in the preseason, I don't care about the top-level players. I don't. Um, Instead, I'm looking at those position battles. I'm really looking at those guys who are on the edge to make the roster or the guys who are fighting for a certain spot on the depth chart. Um, you can point to running back. You can point to receiver. You can point to linebacker. You can point to, hell, even tight end if the 49ers, you know, have a discrepancy whether they're carrying three or four. There are a lot of different things that you can point to and you could say, guess what? That's, a, you know, that's a position group where the 49ers might, you know, go one way or another. And what might be the biggest indicator of how they end up going? would be preseason performance. And so, you know, that's where I'm starting to see what what's going to what, – who are we really looking to, st- uh, to see stand out in this game and who is there to keep an eye on going forward because it's not only the 49ers keeping an eye out on their own roster. It's the entire NFL keeping an eye out on the other team's rosters because come cutdown day, when the 49ers cut down some players, there are going to be other teams that look to try and take some players away. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think for me, that's what's most exciting about the preseason is you have those back end of the roster um, battles like uh, Deshaun Jameson, right? For example, <coughs> we'll get straight into it. Could make the team. Um, he has a talent at, at corner. 
Um, he's capable of um, being a guy that can make it because of special teams ability as well. So that's what, like that's that's the fine back end of roster when you have the talent. But what else do you provide? Like if you're not going to be playing for my team, what else can you provide um, for the roster? And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I see everyone in the chat. So this is a good question. I believe the forty. I believe the game is on NFL Network. If I'm not mistaken. I could be mistaken, but I thought it was on NFL Network. Um, if you do not have NFL Network, um, there are streaming apps um, that you could watch the game on. If you do not have NFL Network, yes, it is on it's, NFL Network. Yeah, NFL Network is what it's on. Yeah. So make sure you guys plan accordingly. Um, so for some reason, I, I think they did do all preseason games on NFL Network for some reason, which is very odd. Um so great point Harold excited about the QB plays to see the QBs play Trey Lance gets to start so QB2 QB3 there was a battle there for um, for a little bit everyone thought it was going to be Sam Darnold Um, looks like Trey Lance is the leader um, in that category for quarterback two now Kyle Shanahan gives Lance the start do you think this is a showcase for Trey Lance, do you think this is Trey Lance has won this battle? He's deserved the start. What are your thoughts on Trey Lance getting the start? Personally, I don't understand the trade aspect at this portion of the offseason. I just think it's honestly too late. One, we've already seen the value of Trey Lance at the draft. He had none. He had zero trade value. There was no team that wanted to trade Trey Lance when the 49ers were at least uh, trade for him when the 49ers were at least listening to offers. Now at this stage in the offseason, Trey Lance isn't going anywhere else to start. He's going to be a backup somewhere else. There's no way that a team integrates him three weeks before the season and implements them as their starter when rolling with another guy for the entirety of the offseason. If somebody trades for Trey Lance, it's a bet on his potential. And I truly don't think that one preseason game will change the fact of other teams' minds, you know. So to me, here's how I look at the situation. If Trey Lance continues to play well and outplay Sam Darnold, the 49ers don't move him. Instead, they're happy with what they have and understand that with their quarterback look, you likely rely on your QB2 at some point, and they prefer Trey Lance to Sam Darnold, and they're going to keep him. However, if Trey Lance... If he stinks and he's not that good and Sam Darnold wins the QB2 job, there's not going to be a team that wants to trade for him because he's not good. So, you know, I think those are the true, true outcomes. It's either the 49ers keep him because he is good or the 49ers keep him because he's not good. And so to me, that's the way that I look at it. Um, I, I don't think that the trade aspect is necessarily a factor. I know that that might be uh, that might disagree with some other people, but I don't uh, I don't see the trade aspect as heavily right now. Um, although it is important to note that this is the first public showcase that Lance will have of the this entire year. This is the first showcase where other teams will look at Lance uh, apart from the joint practices. Will look at Lance and see uh, this is how he's improved. And so he's got a chance to prove himself, not only for his own organization, but for other organizations as well. I still personally believe he remains a Niner with the two different scenarios I laid out. Yeah, absolutely. I think I don't think it's a showcase at all. <clears throat> you, we would have to be 
lying to ourselves, right? If we all thought Kyle Shanahan didn't see the improvement of Trey Lance during the, during the offseason, right? Because if you, myself, and other people could go, we're able to see the improvement from Trey Lance, all the reporters that are credentialed are seeing the improvement, and they're talking about it, we're talking about it, we, like Kyle Shanahan sees it. Like there's no there's no question about that. So for me, I don't think it's a showcase. I think Kyle Shanahan has been impressed. Um, he's been saying it as it is, right? Like he said it last year too when the 49ers kept Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he was he kept saying, I don't plan on trade. Like we unless we get a good enough offer, we're not trading Jimmy Garoppolo. Like we feel comfortable keeping him on our roster the entire time. And he's he's been similar saying that about Trey Lance. Like we're not really looking to trade him. Um, So I don't think it's a trade bait. But the thing is, is what I have noticed is Trey Lance has out-snapped Sam Darnold in training camp. So for me, I feel like it was a a start that was earned by Trey Lance rather than anything else. Um, So I'm very excited to see how Trey Lance reacts to being the starter today. We've seen him come in during training camp when he's with the ones, and we see a much more confident Trey Lance. We see a Trey Lance that pushes the ball downfield with confidence. When we see him with the twos and threes, we don't see him. We see him. I mean, we see him as a confident quarterback, but he kind of shies away. Like this isn't my offense right now. This is Brock's, right? It's so, like I want to see the confident Trey. Shout out to Edgar uh, uh, or Edgar. Uh, 49ers bro and Bang channel on my blue bass where you guys can watch the game if you do not have NFL Network. Um, appreciate everyone in, in the chat. I see you guys' questions. We will start getting to those questions. But I want to talk about expectations, Rohan. Uh, Trey Lance is about to start for the first half. What are you expecting from Trey Lance? Are you expecting two touchdowns, zero interception performance? What are you expecting from Trey? To be honest, I have zero statistical expectations. I don't really care whether he throws three for five for 40 yards or six for 10 for 500 yards. You know, I don't really care what he throws for. To me, this is Trey Lance's first true opportunity where he'll have an he'll have the chance to develop consistency in a longer period of time. The 49ers, I you know, I've liked and not liked what they've done at the quarterback position, but I've understood at times what they've tried to do. So the reason that you see some quarterbacks get layoffs is because they have four quarterbacks and they're trying to rotate them um, overall. But the other part is they want to try and stack multiple reps for quarterbacks back to back to get them some form of consistency, at least with the backups. Now Trey Lance doesn't have to worry about that. You know, you're going for a full half. You've got a full half to uh, see what you see, learn from it, and continue to grow with the next set of reps. And so I think that that'll be cool. Um, I, I don't, it's not probably going to be a super pass heavy day. If 49ers want to utilize their running backs a good amount and they want to test their offensive line on the no, ground, throw the ball a lot. I mean, that's the hope. But if we're being honest, if you look at the backups, the running backs are the strong suit of the team. And you probably do want to see, you know, uh, some of those guys who will separate themselves. If Mitchell is back, him, Jordan Mason, Tyron Davis-Price, you probably want to put Elijah Mitchell on display to try and get some trade offers, you know? And so that's something that I think we'll we'll see what the 49ers do. Um, but overall, for Trey Lance specifically, I want consistency. 
I want him to learn from the mistakes. I want an array of throws, you know, push the ball downfield. But more importantly, this is now the preseason. This isn't practice. You 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 don't really have the luxury of the interceptions that you could have or the poor throws that you could have. Make your reads, make your high-low reads, but don't stick too far. Don't don't wait too long. Don't uh process as you normally process. Be decisive with the football. Don't wait too long to try and see a play develop um, down the field. And also, don't be afraid to run. Don't be afraid to use your legs now. This is not, you know, it's not a a time where you you are forced to be a pocket passer. This is real football. Go ahead, use your legs. That's kind of what I want to see because that is personally what I think. If you put it all together, that's when Lance will have a solid uh, outing with the offense today. And – I make comparison with you because yesterday I was talking to Josh Harper, had him on the podcast. Shout out to Josh Harper. Make sure you guys go subscribe to him. Uh, great dude. Knows ball. We, we're, we're, we're both in agreement with you in the sense of we don't care about the stat line. Like Trey could go Trey could go six for 12 with six drops. But were the drops on him? No. If it hits people in the hands, that's not on him. So I'm not worried about stats. I'm not worried about whatever the case may be people oh he only had 100 i don't care about that i really don't um the reason is is because if you pay attention to what the niners did last year with brock purdy and how they were very successful with brock purdy and jimmy garoppolo they threw the ball for like i want to say brock purdy averaged 220 yards passing in his starts um, which isn't crazy like it's not crazy to throw 220 in this offense Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe, was at 240. That's not crazy to do in this offense. I'm just looking for him to be able to command the offense, uh, look comfortable. Now, he, like you said, he's going to get a full string of reps, um, unlike training camp. So, for example, he's going to get potentially a 10-play 10, a 10 drive if he is able to move the ball um, and get the offense clicking, right? So, for me, I'm more excited about that than anything because in training camp, when you have – one series and then you're off for like 35 or 40 minutes and then you come back your you, your body gets cold like whether you keep it stretching and everything you do you do get cold and you kind of have to restretch i mean that's why he he stays loose on the sideline so i'm excited i'm really excited to see how does he command the offense are we moving the ball in in um from the 20 to the 20 are we getting points like to me that's the biggest thing are we capitalizing on offense um, pushing the ball downfield. I want to see the ball be pushed downfield. You were drafted third overall to push the ball down the field, not to check the ball down and consistently check it down. I don't want to see check downs. I want to see you push the ball to the intermediate level deep, um, make the correct reads, go from read to read, um, take off when you have to. Like I'm, I'm just looking to see if tra- the Trey Lance we saw in training camp is the Trey Lance we see today. Like, Does it carry over? Because we've seen in training camp a quarterback who was going from read to read, uh, pushing the ball downfield. Um, does he do that in, in today's game? And for me, I'm very excited to see what goes on um, because the 49ers have an opportunity to take a look at these two quarterbacks that are going today um, and dictate who their quarterback to is in a way. And the reason why I say this is because are both the online with the second unit is bad, like very bad. 
so you don't have any if you don't have any starters out there on the O line, you're gonna see a lot of pressure. How do they react when when pressure is there? Do they stay poised? Do they stay calm? Or do they fold? And to me, that's the biggest question mark for both of these quarterbacks at the moment. I, I think that's fair. And do I care that much that, you know, Lance is the guy who gets the first start? Donald is the guy running with the twos? Not necessarily. I mean, regardless of the – in my personal opinion, I think the 49ers have their mindset on QB2 and QB3. I don't think that much – I don't think an extra quarter in the preseason is going to change their minds. I, I honestly don't, especially when you're running with the units that they're going to run with. And so I, I don't think it's going to be that that different. You know, I think the 49ers have a preset um, uh, standing of what the quarterback situation for them is. I'll probably keep it under wraps until the depth chart comes out at the beginning of the season. But you're right. You're hoping for a command of the offense. For me, Trey Lance, that's what we point out. And now if we move on to Sam Darnold, the number one thing I'm looking for is decisiveness. My biggest gripe with Sam Darnold this offseason was his indecision. He held onto the ball too long looking to either push the ball downfield or being slow with this processing that caused him to go to his last read, hit the check down late. And as a result, you'll see different plays where Donald immediately goes to the check down instead of going through the duration of a play. And that's why, you know, you might see his completion percentage be higher than normal because he goes for the check down a good amount compared to the other quarterbacks. And it's quick. That's something I want to see. I want to see Darnold go through the process, try and process, you know, a little quicker and try and get to that check down on different throws when needed sooner, but also, you know, go through the duration of the play. That's what I'm looking for from Sam Darnold. Absolutely. I think Sam Darnold, the, so I noticed it when I was there at training camp. And it's funny because yesterday having Josh Harper on the podcast and, and we're, we're talking, we're, we're, I asked him about Sam Darnold. He had a comment about Sam Darnold being indecisive and um, looked uncomfortable in the offense. I was like, he used the word uncomfortable. Didn't look as comfortable as Brock and Trey. And to me, I think that stands out right away with, with Sam Darnold. So I'm very curious to see if we see that today on national television. Because if we see that with Sam Darnold, that's dangerous because... He's not going to get much more comfortable in this offense this season, at least this season. Um, whether people say it takes a long time to learn Kyle's offense or not, you probably won't see him be decisive, ready to command this offense. Um, and real quick, that's why I pointed out uh, two weeks ago, you know, when I was really getting this thing in my mind about Sam Darnold, pointed out, I mean, that's kind of why Kyle wants him. Kyle can dictate where to throw the football, regardless of whether Donald believes it's a good throw or not. He can say, you throw there, because this is what I want in my offense, and Donald will give him that. But even when you do that, I feel like there's It's not a good way to run your offense. You have to obviously maneuver. You can't can't just preset reads every time. That's what Garoppolo did at times, and you know, you you saw the turnover-worthy play rate when that happened. But even then, I felt like Jimmy was was much better getting from first read to second read if it wasn't there, or finding his third a check down third read instead. I feel like Sam goes right away to his check down. I feel like it's so quick to go to the check down. He doesn't he or he stares the the number one receiver down the entire time out of his break. Oh snap! I gotta get to read two, and he's way too late. So for me, I don't I don't think that's your quarterback too. Um, 
if you want to win a, win games, I don't think you're winning going to be winning much with Sam Darnold. Um, and just like young uh, DeKong, uh, Dick Dong, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know how to say that name, but uh, Brock doesn't need, actually pause, by the way, Brock doesn't need to put up Rodgers or Brady's numbers. Brock operates this offense to its fullest potential. I don't think any any of the quarterbacks need to put, <laughs> put up Rodgers or Brady's numbers. I don't. <coughs> the reason I say this is the defense, the run game, and the weapons around them. I think it's easy to put up 220 to 240 passing yards in this offense with this weapons. So for me, I don't think the numbers will tell the full story. I think the numbers will, will be a little skewed for any other quarterback starting, in my opinion. So, Rohan, it's not just a quarterback battle. <clears throat> if you're in the chat, please ask your questions. I appreciate all the questions. We'll get to those towards the end. Make sure you go like and subscribe to both channels. The Cuts Gene Sports channel, Rohan's channel, which is in the description. So is the Cuts Gene Sports if you're on Rohan's channel. Go subscribe to both. You don't want to miss out. I'm going to be doing a lot more. Rohan's is going to be doing a lot more. I know that for sure. Make sure you guys are subscribed. Hit the notification bell so you guys know every time we go live and drop your questions in the in the chat. Rohan, running backs, running backs. Any of the running backs you're excited to see? Um, there's no really running back two at the moment. Um, it's, it's kind of a... A toss-up for running back two. Anyone you're looking to see take over running back two? I personally, I want to see J.P. Mason a little more now. Why? Because J.P. Mason, Jordan Mason, that has looked good in the preseason. Or sorry, in training camp. He looked good. His lone gripe was the fumble. He had three fumbles, two on the same day, and they happened early in camp held on to the football for the remainder of camp. But this is where fumbles truly happen, when it's live tackling. That wasn't an issue for Mason in his rookie season. I want to see, is this an issue that carries on to the preseason, especially as you get a little more continued reps in your first action of physicality? That's something I want to see. I also want to see him as a pass catcher. That is something I definitely want to see because he – Shined to me in his rookie season as a pass catcher. In limited reps, he shined as a as a pass catcher. I thought there was some potential there. And they've started to implement that potential this past training camp. Want to see that continue here during, uh, what do you call it? Want to see that continue here during the preseason and start off with today. But in this group, there's a lot of players I want to see. I want to see TDP. How does TDP look, uh, you know, uh, in, in this portion of the preseason? Because... Overall, when you talk about training camp, running back is one of the hardest groups to evaluate. There's no tackling. There's no contact, right? It's 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 tough to evaluate until you truly get live action, which is the preseason. TDP, that's going to be his first shot. But I also want to see, can Elijah Mitchell hold it up? And does he continue to look good? Because he could be on the trade block. And then the last name, Callum Laborn. I mean, he's a guy who, you know who's, who's stood out. And if he looks good enough that you can't let him go, that could mean Mitchell's expendable and you carry four on the 53-man roster, as I predicted on my 53-man projection. And you mentioned Laybourne at the end, which I firmly believe he is going to look good in the preseason. Like, the way he runs stands out. 
And what I mean by that, he runs hard. He's elusive. Um, he does not afraid of contact. He's gonna lower his shoulders and give you the boom. So I'm excited. I'm really excited. Actually, that's a running back I'm excited to see because he's the back end of the roster guy who could potentially make an NFL roster based off, based off of the preseason games. <clears throat> the one I'm most excited about outside of Laybourne is definitely TDP. What I saw from TDP was a running back that changed his body, is more decisive, understanding the offense, and he needs to get north and south rather than try to stretch everything outside. I'm very excited to see that. Now, I don't know how much we see of Mitchell um, because of the injury that he recently just had. I feel like he could be a guy who doesn't suit up. I um, feel like he might be a guy that he already has enough film out there that if you're going to trade him, teams know who he is, right? Like, you don't have to showcase him. People know who he is already. Um, I'm excited about TDP. Now, Mason, the fumble issue doesn't worry me. I, I don't feel like that. that's a, that's a worry, uh, son. Uh, my guess is... Um, Either Deshaun Jameson you're talking about or Jameson um, from the Saints. Um, please elaborate in the comments. I know the Saints and Chiefs are playing right now, so I, I don't know assume, what's going on. I, I would assume Deshaun Jameson. I hope um, so. I mean, what are you thinking about him and what you want to see from him in the preseason? Um, well, for the running, I'll, I'll continue on the running backs real quick. But I don't it. think I don't think Mason's gonna have fumble issues. I think he's gonna shine in the preseason. He's the kind of running back that he understands what he needs to do, um, and I think he's gonna take care of the ball. I'm not worried about that running back issues, um, the fumble issues that uh, we've had in the past. Not an issue for me. I'm um, really not. For Deshaun Jameson, I'm excited to see him because he's very sticky in coverage. Um, but not only that, I want to see him return a couple of punts and a kick. Um, He's electric in the in the punt return game. Um, I think he's more dynamic as a punt returner than Ronnie Bell. Um, he has more explosiveness. He has, I think, he has better um, long speed. So I'm very excited to see Deshaun Jameson. Um, he's a guy I think that is most likely going to make the roster. Um, if not, he's definitely going to make the roster somewhere else. Like when you have a young, let me put it in this perspective: we have a young undrafted free agent. Come into training camp, walk over to Charverius Ward, who is a seasoned veteran. He's been in the league for a while, and tell him this is how you backpedal. Be patient. What rookie has and it's what rookie has the the cojones, the has the balls to go up to a veteran and say, Hey, this is how you do it. That means he is confident. He has the ability, and he most likely is making a roster. One thing you need from a corner is confidence. I'm very excited to see Deshaun Jameson. That's a guy who I definitely think, you know, you talk about Deshaun Jameson. He's a guy who I want to see in both facets of the game. You talk about the return game. That's the game where right now is totally up for grabs. Ronnie Bell is a guy who you've seen in, uh, thrown in there. I think Willie Sneed was a name thrown in there. I would like to see Danny Gray get some reps uh, both in punt and kick. And then Deshaun Jameson, he might be the most electric returner on the team after what he produced in Texas. So you've got a lot of names there. Deshaun Jameson, I definitely want to see. I honestly, at this point, I think he's a roster lock. I said it at the end of training camp, thought he was a lock to make the roster. And that's, that's pretty... 
that's pretty significant. Understanding he's a sixth cornerback and they don't always carry six. They sometimes carry five. So to me, Deshaun Jameson, that's a name you got to continue to watch. And that's a name I'm very excited about this preseason. Now, a couple other guys I'm, I'm excited to see. Um, I'm really excited to see Danny Gray. Um, I really hope he gets a lot of run with Trey um, because this dude's speed. So, like, there's different kinds of speeds, right? Like, you have Brandon Ayuk. He's fast. Like, he's really fast. Um, you have guys like Debo, fast. Um, but when I, when I say Danny Gray speed, Think of Deshaun Jackson. That's the kind of speed he has. Like, if you enjoyed watching Deshaun Jackson play when he was with the Eagles, uh, I believe he was with the Commanders for a little bit. Um, if you enjoyed watching Deshaun Jackson highlights at Cal Berkeley in the Bay Area, this is what Danny Gray could become. Like, I'm not saying that's who he is, but the speed he has, that's who he can become. Imagine Kyle scheming up a deep shot for Danny Gray because everyone is eyes on Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and you have Danny Gray running one-on-one with a corner. It's not gonna happen. The corner isn't gonna cover, isn't gonna cover Danny Gray one-on-one with that kind of speed. It's not gonna happen. So quit asking. It's literally asking a corner to cover him one-on-one is not gonna happen. Now, I'm excited to see Gray. I think he might have a big player too. I want to see him in the return game as well. I don't think Kyle will let him return a kick or two, but I think he should he should be a candidate for a kick returner. I really believe Danny Gray's emergence. So we talk about Danny Gray in the sense of, of last year he didn't play much. The offense was really, really good. Danny Gray to take this offense from being really, really good to being really, really great. And what I mean by that is if you have the ability to take it over the top, you can't run coverages that are stacking the box, coming downhill. You have to protect the deep shot. And I think that's what Danny Gray provides. And I'm very excited to see it today. Yeah, I mean, I've been a little less bullish on Danny Gray this season uh, for his outlook this season, but I can't deny what I saw in camp. Danny Gray was much improved in camp, and he, in my opinion, locked himself with a roster spot with the way that he's improved. He's got good hands. He's got, like, his hands are pretty sticky. Not many drop issues, and that was the thing where he tried to catch with his chest. Solid hands when he uses them this year. Other things, his route running is better, and that's improved because uh, that's improved and made him look faster on the field because when he's able to be a better route runner and able to win at the line of scrimmage, he's able to utilize the full capacity of his speed where instead of sacrificing portions of his speed to then route the, uh, run that route, which slows him down and allows the defender you know, to keep up. Gray is a guy who should see some reps this year. Not sure exactly what capacity. I still believe he's a bigger uh, a guy who will make a bigger impact in 2024 once uh, Juwan Jennings and Bray Ray McLeod likely leave the team, uh, or at least they're set to be free agents. I think he's made it uh, prime to make a bigger impact in 2024. Another year getting stronger helps uh, settle him into that slot role, but he should still see snaps this year, and he is a burner that is getting better and, uh, you know, kind of taking off that raw 
moniker off his name heading into year two of camp. So I believe Steve's comment, so he has two comments. So deep shots cause more turnovers, I think, in the last few years we're talking that category. But then he followed it up with not turning the ball over. So I think he meant by deep shots cause less turnovers. Um, I don't know what he meant by this comment, but I'm going to take it as I less. think what he's meaning is we take the most deep shots without – or uh, we're top two in deep shots without turning the ball over, probably indicating um, how open receivers are. Um which is something for Kyle Shanahan. And, and I think, or that's that's what I think it is. I'm not sure. I think taking deep shots is if you have a quarterback that does and rarely takes the deep shots, then I, then I think it's a uh, turnover. It could be a potential turnover because they don't rep it as often. They don't have the ability to do it, so the ball tends to float because they feel like they have to get a lot. So, for example, um, Jordan Love. Um, preseason game um, a few days ago. He attempts a deep shot to Christian Watson, um, puts a lot of air under it, and he's just trying to get it out there to let him run under it. it gave a lot of time for the, for the safety to get under it and break it up. That's what we've seen from Brock Purdy um, throughout training camp. We've seen that from Trey Lance uh, once to um, Debo Samuel, but instead he overthrew him. We've seen that from Sam Darnold and Brandon Allen. So we've seen the that kind of throw, but when the quarterbacks aren't consistently repping it, that's when it becomes an, an area for concern. So I'm going to start getting to questions because I know there's a lot of great questions in the chat. Um, I know uh, Jesus, shout out to Jesus, wants to see Mason versus Davis run because Mitchell and C- CMC might get hurt. Hey, hey, don't uh, don't be putting that bad uh, juju out there. Nah, I'll, I'll joke aside, but very great point. I mean, how can they carry a backfield if for example, Mitchell goes down and then CMC um, goes down. Can they carry a backfield? I think they could, actually. I really do. The two good running backs, I think you split it, split the backfield. Um, what were your thoughts on that, Ron? Yeah, I mean, when you talk about these two, I think going into camp, I, I wanted Mitchell on this roster. I want three capable running backs for this team, and I didn't think the 49ers had it going into camp without Mitchell. Was Tyron Davis-Price was a big question mark. However, after camp, I'm confident in Tyron Davis-Price. I think he can be a solid contributor for this team. Still confident, as always, in Jordan Mason, given what he produced last year, and also because he's a hard physical runner that should help this team. That's three capable running backs because Christian McCaffrey is obviously in the fold. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with both of those. I think Mitchell is expendable, but even if Mitchell remains, they've got a strong, strong running back room that is amongst the best, if not the best, in the league. That's a very that's a very good way to put it. I, I like that. I like that. Now, Harold said reports is that Latu is a huge butterfingers. Will he make the team? Um, I don't think from the beginning we drafted him. I didn't think he would make the team. I really didn't. I didn't think he was, and this is because I was. Prior to the draft, I was watching a lot of tight end. I felt like tight end was a very big area of need. I think that's a position that they should prioritize. Um, but I didn't think Latu was that kind of guy. I thought he was a seventh round pick. Yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, I didn't like the pick either. Um, overall, uh, we were actually live together. Did not like the pick overall. I honestly thought Braden Willis was a better selection. So. Not a big fan of Cameron Latu, but I hope that he 
that I hope he continues to grow. You know, I'm not too concerned about preseason drops. I want to see if, or sorry, training camp drops. I want to see if it remains to be an issue. Um, but he did have a fairly high drop rate, I believe, in college. So that's something to point out. Well, he's also a linebacker converted tight end. So it's like, realistically, how good are his hands? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're, you're a linebacker. Your hands probably aren't the greatest. He's a good run blocker. I mean, I'm not saying he can't get better. But it's hard to see uh, receivers, tight ends, running backs, when they have drop issues, they have um, hands. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Issues. You hardly see them get much better. So I feel like, could he be a good tight end? Absolutely, he can. He has athleticism. Um, but I think Brandon Willis is ahead of him, and I, that's a guy that I'm excited to see. Because shout out to Zach. Um, shout out to what's up, my man. Aside from QBs, which what position are you guys excited to watch today? I'm excited to to be honest. I'm the position I'm most excited to see today in terms of like who I'm. I'm expecting to stand out. I don't, I'm not expecting much from this game, but I know they're going to stand out. Um, so it's going to be an easy way for me to answer this question is a linebacking room. I think Jalen Graham, D. Winters, uh, Marcelino McCurry Ball, um, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, I think they're going to stand out. I think that's who I'm most excited to watch today. Uh, the depth that linebacker is the deepest I've seen in quite Very excited to see. Um, the linebacking room without uh, Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. If you're in the chat, keep asking questions. Make sure you're subscribed to both channels. Hit that like button, that notification bell, and run it up. And, I mean, talking about linebackers, I honestly think, yeah, this is one of the deepest rooms we've had in a while. Because you've got maybe eight or nine guys, I think eight guys that you can make an argument for five spots or six spots. I think the 49ers carry six. In my post-training camp projection, I had six names on there. Obviously, Fred Warner and Trey Greenlaw, those two were there. I thought Oren Burks would make it, and Marcelina McCurry Ball would make it. Marcelina McCurry Ball has stood out. I think he's the third-best linebacker on the team. I thought he's a lock. Oren Burks, capable, very capable special teamer. The 49ers also trust him with a year in the system and also uh, think he, you know, the special team's capability I think is huge. That leaves two spots between Jalen Graham, Curtis Robinson, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, and D. Winters. Personally, I think the 49ers, I think they carry five, a six instead of five, and I think they go with both of their rookies. I like both of their rookies. I think they've both flashed in training camp, and I think that the 49ers are capable enough to where they can cut Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, bring him back on the practice squad, and potentially have him uh, active for the first few games as a special teamer. But also, I think that Curtis Robinson, if he has a strong training camp, could be on his way out with the trade. I think the 49ers could look to move one of their guys if they get 
some value back. Even if it's a seventh round pick, they're going to pull the trigger given the depth that they have at the position. But I think both rookies make it, which is something I was not that confident about heading into camp. I honestly thought there was a realistic chance that both rookies could get cut based on how they played in camp, but both impressed me. And now they're both on my 53 man roster. And I think it's much easier to trade guys like Demetrius Vonnegut Fowles um, than trying to get Jalen Graham and D Winters from waivers back to the practice squad. I think they're gonna. I think those two linebackers are gonna look good during the preseason. I think that if you let them go to waivers, they're gonna get cleaned. Um, now, shout out to my man Throwback. Hey Marco, are you concerned with the offensive line depth? Absolutely, and that's what's concerning is if you. And it's not even just the 49ers offensive line depth. Like, let's let's, a, let's go a little further. If you if you're watching preseason games right now and you're watching quarterbacks play, offensive line depth is an issue throughout the NFL. Um, right after you're starting offensive linemen, backups and third strings are terrible across the NFL. So watching Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, I am going to give them the benefit of doubt because they're going with twos and threes um, at the offensive line. And offensive line is terrible across the NFL. And to me, that's the biggest issue is how do they look with, with a bad offensive line? Because most likely they're going to get sacked one or two times. Um, that's my um, prediction. Um because the offensive line isn't the greatest. Now, I'm excited to see Leroy Watson, that's for sure. I mean, Leroy Watson is probably one of my dark horse candidates to make the roster. Like, he is a guy who I truly believe could make the roster because he's a better tackle than the other guys we have on the roster. Very excited to see the the depth at offensive line. Now, I'm curious to see who starts at center because if it's um, Lucian, I believe – we, uh, uh, was it Luciano? Yeah, Corey Luciano. If it's him, I'm I'm concerned. Very concerned. I would assume it's Keith Ishmael. That is my guess based on second team. He he was the second team off at center consistently. But I hope the 49ers, what they do instead, is try and throw one of the guys who could play center out there. My thought, though, now is that because there's no first team anymore, they're going to throw out a variation of John Feliciano, Nick Sakel, and Jason Poe. That is my guess. I think that those three, with Feliciano likely at center and the other two at the guard spots, I think that that's what they're going to start with. But I think, like, even if you put Ishmael, because I know Luciano was, was who was repping with Trey Lance during his two fumbles um, at the Raiders' joint practice, I want to see Feliciano get, get the reps. I really do. I think... Out of all the centers, I think he has the best um, chance to be the backup center slash guard on the roster. So I'm excited to see the offensive yeah. line. Um, do you think they're going to struggle or do you think they're going to excel? What do you think about the O-line? I think it's going to be a mix of both. And you pointed out how throughout the NFL, the backup offensive linemen aren't good. And the, 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 point, the reason is a lot of other positions don't have scarcity. Running back doesn't have scarcity. You could find good running backs in the late rounds of the draft. You could find good running backs on draft free agency. You could find good running backs in free agency for cheap. Receiver being a hot commodity, a position where a lot of talent is being pumped in year in, year out. However, offensive line is not one of those positions already. If you, if you look at the top right tackles of the league, if you go to the top 10, 
you'd probably be surprised to see Mike McGlinchey in the top 10, but he's a top 10 right tackle. That's why he got paid $17.5 million a year. The level of talent at positions on the offensive line isn't that high in comparison to the rest of the league. And so to me, am I going to be worried? I mean, a little bit. I think that there are going to be struggles based on, I mean, what, what we've seen so far, based on what we've seen, there will be struggles, but I also think it'll take some continuity. And the thing about the second team offensive line, the first team offensive line gets a lot of continuity. The second team offensive line, not so much. You'll see rotating pieces. You'll see them trying out different players at different tackle spots, you know, uh, now you might see Pryor at left tackle, Leroy at right tackle, or you might see you know Luciano in there at center, Ishmael in there at center, Feliciano in there at center. You might see Feliciano at guard. You're going to see a lot of different variations, and so that's also what makes it kind of tough overall for the offensive line because of the amount of reliability that you need on your fellow counterparts. So I do expect you know some struggles on the offensive line, but. That's some. That's just a part of the game that they're going to have to, uh, you know, deal with, and that's something that you hope the quarterbacks, you know, can bounce back off of and continue to have a solid performance. I agree. That's. I agree. Well, like with everything you just said right there. Uh, now, my biggest concern is exactly what Throwback says, right? I feel like Trey Lance can't win for losing. If he balls on Sunday, people will say it's only preseason. If he has a bad game, they'll say. He can't ex- execute against backups. Get ready for that. I, I agree. I, I really agree. I, I there's a, it's not a win-win situation for Trey because either way he's going to get criticized for going against backups in the preseason or having a bad game. It's whether he has a bad game or not. I don't think he will, but we'll see. Um, now, this to me has was always something that I thought was interesting because Coach Forrester always was very high on Jason Poe. So was the fan base for the most part. I always thought he was a good, cool story. Like, I love that he's from Mercer. I love that he's um, a really good player. But I felt like his size and his arm length was always a big concern. Like, you could have the great athleticism, but you also need, like, let's be real. Like, you could be super smart, super everything, but you still need the physical abilities to do something, right? Like, and in the NFL, if you're going up against a guy, like, NFL drafts, for physical abilities, right? Like that's what they're, they could teach you everything else they feel like. So when you have shorter arms going up against dudes with 35 inch arms length, you're gonna struggle. And I feel like, I don't know if that's what Coach Forrester said, but I'm very curious to read that article and that you're gonna have to send that to me on Twitter or uh, tag me in it somewhere. So if you follow me on Twitter, please do so. I have it, oh, you have I've it? read it pretty extensively. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Oh, what, what did he say? It's interesting. Uh, Jason Poe, this is something that they've probably known internally for a while, and I mean, something we've known. Poe, he pointed out him playing at guard. So Jason Poe's played at left guard or right guard for the majority of camp. Pointed out, though, unfortunately, that while Jason Poe is the second strongest guy on the team, potentially behind Trent Williams, that length is truly important. The length and size is truly important, and that's what he's lacking. So they're going to try him out at center. The one issue right now with him at center is Jason Poe is not a communicative guy. He's a guy who let his play do the talking, a more quiet guy, and they're trying to develop him to be more of a communicator because of how integral that part of the position is at center. And so they're going to try him out at center, at least sprinkle in reps there, because 
Forster essentially said that is the likely position that he can play in the NFL. He's developing there. He's not ready yet, but that's the position he'll likely have to play in the NFL and pointed out how the length and uh, size differences at center are different than at guard and at tackle. And so that's kind of the part about Poe's limitation that he pointed out. Um, also, you know, uh, that's kind of the main thing. And this is also after this, that was a big portion as to why I left Jason Poe off my 53 man roster this year. I have the 49ers carrying eight offensive linemen. It's their five starters. It's Leroy Watson at, uh, at, at the swing tackle position over Jalen Moore and over Matt Pryor. And then it's John Feliciano and Nick Sakel. No Jason Poe there on the roster. Uh, so this is a great question by James uh, Journal. So um, sorry if I butchered your last name, man. Uh, but why is the why is length more important than strength? So when you're trying to run the outside zone and you're trying to reach block uh, three techniques or trying to get to the next guy on a reach block from the guard position, you have to be able to get your hands and your arms out there to get position and then flip your hips, right? Like that's like the biggest, they like to get hand control and then flip their hips to control the offense alignment. So you have to have the length to be able to get there. Even in pass pro, um, you don't want a, an off, a defense alignment getting under your shoulders or under your chest, actually, I should say, um, under your chest, because the moment they get you under your chest and they get you back, you're kind of on your heels. And that's where you don't want to be. Uh, another reason is, to do what they want rather than you be able to control the play. So hand arm length is also important over strength because it's not like the planners are going old school um I formation uh straight down the the two hole and we're going on a, th a 32 smash. Like or they're not they're not running regular smashes like that. They're not running those those drives like so for me, or power eye, like right, they're not going that kind of offense. Like it's not the old school offense anymore. So it's athleticism and and length are what are going to get you to run Kyle's offense a little bit better. Um, so I think that's the the biggest issue on why um, length is more important than strength. But I also want to say length is more important because you got to have strength still in order to take on a bull rush, uh, flip your hips um, in the run game. Um, when you're reaching. So I wouldn't say it's more important, but it's very important. It's very crucial to be able to do everything in, in Kyle Shanahan's offense. No, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> um, and that's what Forrester essentially said in that press conference. Ah, this is a good topic. So Rohan, before I, before you give your take, um, let me just clarify this. So 49ers throwback says, Rohan doesn't see anything wrong with Brock Purdy not playing in the preseason. I think it's concerned he needs reps and is coming back off a UCL injury. Let me clarify. I didn't say preseason. I said today. I don't care that he's playing today. Give me your take on the situation. I Is he really um, coming back? For like he's, I'm not saying like, is he coming back. Like, is he really? I worded that wrong, actually. Um, isn't he fully healthy? Didn't he get cleared to practice and, and be a full go? Like, I was told by the 49ers, by, by John Lynch, he is a full go, no limitations. All right? Like, that's what we heard. I don't think, though, that they're not playing him because he's not a full go. So that, Here's so, my take so on hold it. On. Do you, to me? Do you, yeah, so are you trying to say that his eight games that he played last season 
were enough to warrant him not playing in the first preseason game? No, no. His first preseason game was Friday. That's the way that I look at it. He had 39 reps compared to the five or six for the other guys. To me, I don't care that he doesn't play Fair in the enough. preseason. The reason is because in the preseason, the reps are fluctuating for the offense and defense. He's not going to go up against every first-team defense guy tomorrow. He's also not going to play with every first-team guy. They did the same thing, I believe, with Trey Lance last year in the first preseason game. I don't think that they played him extensively, if anything. I think they maybe they played him a quarter, but that's it. But but still, overall, my point is I care a lot more about the joint practices than the preseason. Why? Because that's the first that's the setting where you're truly seeing first team offense versus first team defense, which is why I hold stock. I don't think that you can just say it's just practice. I hold stock in the joint practices more than I hold stock in Brock Purdy playing in the preseason. I think that that is the number, that's the opportunity where he truly was going to go up against the top defense. And that's where I personally cared to see him play. So I would evaluate, I, I do think it's important to evaluate how he played on Thursday and how he played on Friday. And so I think it's important to evaluate the issues that he had. As for the preseason, though, personally, I don't care. I don't think a quarter changes much in the preseason, especially when you're not playing against the starters. And I don't think the Raiders are going to have their starting defense out. You won't see their starting quarterback out there because you're playing in the joint practices. Other teams, they're going to bench their starters if they play in joint practices. You'll see them play, though, if they're not in joint practices. So I, I get it in that in that aspect because if you're considering joint practice, his preseason game. But if he doesn't play any of the – I also thought it was a bad idea for Kyle not to play – Trey Lance, I feel like any and every rep they could get, even if it's against the twos, is a quality rep because there's coverages they haven't seen, right? Like there's there's disguised blitzes, there's disguised coverages that they need to be able to see. Um, so for me, I don't mind a series. Um, mm -hmm. So for example, you get a series in, you go score a touchdown, call it a day. Get a series in, even if it's a three and out, just get a series in. Um, for me, I know the, the Chiefs don't do joint practices. But if we're having Patrick, like out of all people, if Patrick Mahomes is playing in the preseason, I don't think anyone else should be like, well, I don't have to. Patrick Mahomes, the greatest quarterback in the league right now, probably arguably might go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game. Steve-O, yes, they do. Go back and watch. Go back and watch. The yeah, yeah. People, people blitz. People go, definitely blitz. Go back and yeah. watch uh, D'Amico Ryan. Our own defensive coordinator. D'Amico Ryan. Our Ryan's. own defensive coordinator today, Steve Wilkes, is going to blitz. He's going to probably blitz a good amount, too. D'Amico Ryan was blitzing yesterday. Uh, Robert Sala was like, people blitz. You're going to see so you're going to see the Raiders send a blitz at, at uh, Trey Lance at least once or twice, at least. Uh, maybe even more because they're working. They're trying to see – what teams need to, or teams are doing at the moment, they're currently trying to see what players fit their system, right? Like that's essentially that's the end goal. Like who fits my system where we can win enough games with. You have to call your defense and your offense the way you normally would, in the sense of you're not trying to show. Even if you do show, like realistically, if Kyle runs his entire offense, it doesn't matter. Everyone's seen his offense for the last five years fully. It doesn't matter. Um, so I'm very curious to see how things go. Also want to follow up on James uh, Dernal. Uh, so with using an outside zone scheme, would Poe fit better in another scheme or is he just flat out limited? I think he's just flat out limited. 
Um, now, I think he'd be better if it was a power scheme. So, for example, if he was with um, like the Baltimore Ravens, I feel like he'd be a better fit. But I still think he's limited to a certain extent. So I, I, I don't. But I also don't like to to cap a player, right? Like I don't like, oh, he's this and he can't become this. Like he could become it, but it's just going to take a lot, a lot of work because I believe he has thirty-two inch arms. Um, that's his arm length. Um, so to me, that's where it becomes dicey. And, and talking, can he do that? Can he do this? I don't even. I don't even think it's thirty-two inch arms. I thought it was last time I had when I thought we when we signed. Oh no, it, it is thirty-two. It is when 32. we signed it was yeah, right. drafted free agent because my usually my arm length like the I want to have thirty-three or longer. Thirty-three, so that's, right? Yeah, that's that's my when I'm scouting and when I'm doing my stuff. I I like thirty-three inch arms, um, because it allows them. That's and that's the the minimum for me, um, because it it allows you to do the the extra things that a coach could ask from you. So. That's what I'm, I'm interested to see. Um, James also says my eyes are going to be glued on the O line if we comp- if we compromise right side, and it's another injury was waiting to happen. That's great point. Um, right side could be a potential injury for quarterback. Plenty of QB ones have already played in preseason games already. But Brock in his 2022 season, seven games are taking days off. So um, that's nice. I don't, but like I mean, Rohan does like Rohan does have a great point in the sense of. He had 30-something reps against the Raiders. Um, that's why Kyle took away. Didn't really give Trey Lance and Ted Ronald reps again in the joint practices. They're going to earn their reps in, in the preseason game. They're going to see their reps there. Um, so great point. But also, too, if we hold, and Kyle said it, you said it, a lot of people were saying, I, I hold a lot of weight in joint practices as well. So what does that mean? So what does that mean for a three-interception day? Two that, in, that two that were in eleven on elevens, no four interceptions, two and eleven on elevens, and two and seven on sevens. If we're gonna hold a lot of weight into actual joint practices, then we gotta talk about it. Right? No, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree, and this is kind of my big point. I think you have to hold weight into the joint practices. One, Kyle Shanahan said we care about them more. And it's clear, it's indicative in the rep count that Brock Purdy got in 11s, 39, compared to, I believe, Trey Lance had five reps. I, and to me, that's the, I mean, to me, this is the thing that matters because you're going up against the first team defense 39 times. You know, you're, you, this is real life action. You're not going to see this in the preseason, which is why I hold stock in it. And this is, I, I wrote an article yesterday. One, pointing out my personal thoughts on the preseason versus joint practices and me valuing the joint practices more for Brock Purdy. But two, pointing out that it is a concern that of how he's performing. You can say it's just practice. And I understand. I'm going to put out the disclaimers. First of all, we don't know necessarily always what is, you know, what is the core, uh, what does the coach want you to do? What is the process behind it? What are they looking for in your process to where some bad plays might be, you know, might not might not sound as bad when hearing the process. But overall, interceptions are interceptions. There's no way to frame interceptions in another way. If you're trying to force a read, trying to do go through the process and force that read, you shouldn't if it's going to end in an interception. Regardless, you should eat the play, you should do something else, you should hit a check down. So interceptions are interceptions. I think that that's important to note. And um, so, yeah, I think it was a concern, you know, to see Brock Purdy play uh, or to throw three interceptions or whatever it is. Now, am I going to just, you know, 
throw that all away and just say, man, uh, I'm not, I'm not confident in Brock no more. No, I'm not going to say that, but I think it is important to monitor because he will play in next week's preseason game. At least I hope he plays next week's preseason game, given the known Joel practices. I think he gets probably a series or whatever in next week's, maybe not the third week. We'll see what goes on with the third week. So, with joint practices and the interception issue, I've been saying it was an issue for me dating back to last season, right? Dropped interceptions that could go the other way. And what interceptions essentially lead to is shorter fields for offenses because depending on where you're throwing the interception. So I'm not counting the seven-on-seven ones. I'm not. I just I, I threw that out there. I'm not counting seven-on-seven interceptions. But there was two interceptions in, in 11-on-11s and one that was dropped. Um, so potentially get him in three. I'm not kind of 11 on 11, but when you're 11 on 11, you have no pressure. So you don't got to throw passes to linebackers chest. Like one of them was at the chest of a linebacker. So that's interesting, but I'm not counting those against him. Uh, I, I have him as two interceptions for 11 on 11s. So for, for me, when I'm looking at Brock Purdy, um, the issue has always been interceptions dating back to, or turnover, I should say turnover-worthy plays. I'm going to use that word instead of interceptions. Turnover-worthy plays, um, getting back to college, um, has this mindset of of a gunslinger. Now, when I see when I say gunslinger, the quarterback I immediately think of, and I'm sure a lot of people think of when they see think of gunslinger, is Brett Favre. Like, super rocket arm, gives no care about what is happening, he's going to let that ball swing. Now, it also led to Brett Favre being very interception prone. Now, when you look at Brett Favre, great quarterback, Hall of Famer, whatever you want to say about him as a, as a person, that's, that's separate. Now, as a quarterback, he threw 336 interceptions, and a lot of years he had 24, 23, 15, 16, 17, 18, like, if you look, go down, uh, one year he had 29, 29 interceptions. 29 at, at, at age of 36. So, but he had the ability to, to do like those crazy things, right? Right. But the mindset for Brock, for Brock Purdy is the same. But the only difference is the arm talent. Brett Favre had a, had a cannon of an arm. He, he was a special quarterback in terms of arm talent. So for me, that's what I'm concerned about is having that mindset is great. But when you're having that mindset and you're trying to fit it into tight windows when you can't, it becomes an issue. Um, so that's what I'm concerned about. I think Brock Purdy could still lead this offense and this team to great destination, um, maybe a Super Bowl. Um, that's the hope. But if we're turning the ball over – at a high rate, expect the 49ers defense to take a drop in play. Don't put a defense on the field for an extra two series because you're turning the ball over, and next thing you know, you're giving the the opposing team the ball off the 30-yard line where they got to march 30 yards down the field to score a touchdown. They're already in field goal range. You're giving them points. Like, right. That's the biggest issue is giving the other team points makes your defense a worse defense on the field too much. Makes them tired. Preseason game one, though, I don't care because we're about to go. We're gonna we're about to beat the Las Vegas Raiders. You guys are about to like and subscribe to both channels because y'all love us and we love you guys. Shout out to every single one of you guys. 
Hey, shout out to the fans, man. Appreciate it. If it ain't for you guys, ain't nothing happening. No sports is happening. No, no media is happening. So shout out to every single fan in, in, in the game. Uh, much respect to everyone. Rohan, what are you expecting from Steve Wilkes? Some fun. That's what I'm expecting. Some fun. I want to see some blitzes. I want to see, uh, you know, um, him utilize players in different ways. Uh, you'll see. Uh, I want to see the the intriguing portions. Obviously, he's not going to give away the entirety of his playbook. He's not going to, you know, show all the blitzes in his arsenal. But, um, see, but the thing is, so I, I disagree. Show the damn playbook. You want to know why? It's the same damn thing you ran in Carolina. There's not much I don't know that's about change. that. I don't know about that though. I, I don't. I, I think that it's gonna be it's gonna be a mix of that and a mix of what D'Amico ran, given how much success they had. Then I would then then show show something. Don't don't come and run vanilla vanilla defense. Show me some some your blitzes. I mean, I think I think when, he will show some. I just don't think he'll throw everything out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's everyone already has your tape. Like. Kyle Shanahan, everyone has your tape. Sorry to break it to you. They've had your tape for the last seven years. You've been with the 49 I'm sorry to break it to you. Run your damn offense. Steve Wilkes, you've been a DC in the league for years. People have what you like to do. They have your tendencies. Just just do you, right? Like, just do you. Don't, don't let Kyle tell you that not to blitz. Don't listen to him. I don't care if he's your head coach. Do you. Blitz the ball. Blitz, blitz the quarterback and get after the ball. That's what I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see Javon Kinlaw. That's who I'm excited to see, Ron. Javon Kinlaw. That's going to be a fun name. That's definitely going to be one. Uh, you know, he's probably going to get the start, right? He's going to get the start. At he should. Time. Yeah. Because I, we... I, I doubt Harmstead Hargrave, so he'll get the start. Before we head out. Appreciate every single everyone in this chat, but Roman, I need three players. We're gonna go back and forth, so it's gonna be hard because you can't say the player I say. I can't say the player you say. I need right. three play at least three players. That the stink. 49er faithful. Whoa, whoa! All right, I'll start first then. Ambry Thomas. Oh no, I, I I'm not participating in this conversation. You oh oh, all right, all right, I got you then. We'll do players that the 49er fan base should watch out for. Guys that are going to stand out. Now, don't go in with any expectations. Don't go in thinking, oh, my God, this player is going to have 150 yards. This guy's going to have interception. Don't do not don't, don't, don't do that because you're going to put yourself, um, setting yourself up for disappointment, right? That's what you're going to do. Go in with the mindset of I want to see which players stand out to me. Um, that's what I recommend for everyone to do because it'll, it'll show you a little bit something different from the preseason games. But, Rohan, I'll give you the stage first. Um, uh, what, give me your first player that's going to stand out. The guy I'm looking at it for, Jair Brown. Jair Brown was a guy Wasn't who expecting that one. in training camp didn't flash much, just didn't get many you know splash plays. It seemed like he got an interception or something on the final day when practice was closed. Want to see what he does. Jair Brown is my first guy because I think that a game setting where he's going to play a lot more reps, uh, especially, you know, given the first team defense likely doesn't play, getting a lot more reps I think will help Jair Brown and his uh, getting him up to speed with the game flow. And I think that that'll be a good sign. Might get burned. We'll see. But I, I want to see some Jair Brown today. 
So a player I'm very excited to watch or I'm like kind of curious to see how he does. So I hype up this guy all the time or the room all the time. If you, if you guys watch us a lot, I love linebackers playing linebacker growing up. Um, biggest, my favorite player growing up, Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman. Um, I'm a linebacker guy. I'm not going Marcelino McCurry ball though. I'm going with a rookie. I'm going Jalen Graham. I'm going Jalen Graham. Now, six foot two guy, 225 maybe, chiseled up. I'm excited to see him get down get downhill and hit people. He's he is an old school linebacker that has the athleticism. I'm excited for Jalen Graham. I agree. I think that that is a good name for sure. He's a guy who I think will get his chance to shine in the preseason. Number two for me, potential CB1 today, Samuel Womack. I want to see what he gets to do. I think he'll get a lot of action, especially with the way the 49ers cornerback group currently is. And I'm excited to see him in what could be a significant amount of action today. I'm going to go my next guy, Leroy Watson. Um, go on, Leroy Watson, my man. Um, I feel like he could be a guy who, whether you stash him on the practice squad, whether you um, keep him on the roster, I think he could be a – he's a guy who you could develop into a uh, quality um, tackle in this in the NFL. Um, I'm very excited to see him. I think he might get the start at left tackle today. Um, I don't know who's ahead of him at left tackle, but um, he might be starting today. I'm very excited to see that. I think he needs all the reps he could possibly get. I'm excited to see Leroy Watson today. My number three is Brandon Allen. I think Brandon Allen, you know, he's a guy who um, – All right, bro. You're you're out of here. I'm just messing okay. with you. I mean, he, he could get maybe a few reps. You know, I want to see how he plays at the end of each half, you know. Are you being uh, serious? No, of course not. My number three – You kept going. I'm like, I'm really about to have to kick you out of here. My number three is Cleveland Farrell. Cleveland Farrell returning to his old team. Disappointed me at the beginning of training camp. Thought he grew towards the last few practices. I'm excited to see what, you know, I want to see him in a team setting. That's something that I said. I don't think he's the best one-on-one player. But I think in a team setting, first of all, I want to see him against the run. Because that's something that will be a lot more on display today, especially with tackling coming live. I want to see him against the run. I want to see how he tra- uh, how that translates. Because I honestly think he has a good shot to start week one. I And, and that's funny to say. I think right now, I mean, he's looked better than Drake Jackson. So I uh, would not be surprised if he if he has the edge to start week one. But I also want to see how does he work as a pass rusher in a team setting in this, you know, in in this, um, and how can he build off the end of training camp? That's my thing. want to see how does Cleveland Farrell go. That's my number three. Now, I hate talking about kickers. But Jake Moody is a guy that I'm, I'm interested to see, but I'm not going to choose him for my third guy. I'm going Tay Martin, man. Tay Martin with Trey Lance. They've had a chemistry in training camp. I'm excited to see Tay Martin make a case to make this roster. Now, if he doesn't make this roster, whether he's he's going to make the team, uh, NFL team, he's a dude. I think he's a receiver in the NFL. Tay Martin will be on the NFL roster after the preseason and he's going to have a, a solid game day. Now, if I could, I would have named a couple other guys. But I think Tay Martin is a guy that is going to stand out. Um, I almost named Drake Jackson, but I feel like that's, that was an easy way out. So I went Tay Martin. 
I like it. I like it. He's a guy who I like a lot. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. So make sure you guys subscribe to both channels. Hit that like button, notification bell. Share this with your cousins, your your friends, your family members. Support us. We appreciate every single one of you guys for supporting us. Rohan, any last comments about the 49ers versus Raiders today? Nah, man. I think overall, um, you know, 49ers is going to be a fun free, first preseason. Yeah, I'm just excited to see football back. I haven't really watched too many um, of the preseason games so far. I haven't watched really any action. Um, just been away, uh, you know, the last few days. But now that I'm back, I'm excited to watch my first preseason game, see some real football back on the TV. Absolutely. That's what I'm most excited about. Do one thing for me before you guys watch the Niner game. Right after this, this show, send a text message, all caps, to a Raiders fan. You know, I know you know a Raiders fan. It's in the, the it's gonna be Niners. All caps. Exclamation marks. Let them know. I don't care if it's preseason. Let them know. Let them know. Appreciate every single one of you guys for tuning in. Um, the great question chat was very live and active today. I appreciate every single one of you guys for um, tuning in. Rohan, appreciate you, my man, for hopping on as always. Great conversation. Appreciate every single one of you guys. Peace out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.